producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Taxi Squad. I am joined by the normal crew with AJ Fredrickson. With Jason Stormer, there is so much to get into today, mainly a lot of Vikings talk because free agency is officially upon us and moves have been made, everyone. Moves have been made. But before we jump into it, how's the band doing today? How's everybody feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. It's a... It's a typical, it's a Wednesday, right? I, I'm losing track, man. I'm having a hard time sleeping this week for whatever reason. It's just all this free agency buzz has just got me going crazy. The the non-tampering period, the tampering period, I don't even know what's what. Who's talking to who? And the, like you said, artists, the Vikings have been wheeling, dealing. This has been a very busy start to the offseason. Yeah, no, a lot of stuff's going on right now. There's a lot of sports in swing. This past Saturday was one of my favorite sports weekends. There's sports like days for sports in a long, long time. There was so much going on, pretty much everything other than NFL football. Um, <laughs> so that was the one thing missing from it. But everything else was going on. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, and now the Vikings. We've got a lot of news, so why don't we just hop right into that? Yes, why don't we? So the Vikings made a, a bunch of good moves just to throw a couple of them out there. They re-signed Garrett Bradbury mm-hmm. to a three-year deal, which was nice. They went and got um, Byron Murphy, cornerback. Definitely needed some cornerback help. They signed him to a two-year deal. And they brought in Marcus Davenport. So those those are just a few just to get us going, just to get us started. Those are the ones that stood out to me. Guys, I would just like to start it off like this. What do you think has been the biggest signing so far for the Vikings, the most important? Boy, I think in terms of potential, I really like what Marcus Davenport potentially can do. Um, artists, I mean, this is a comp I'm going to throw out at you because I think the Eagles had a very similar player in a situation of Marcus Davenport this past season for them, and that would be Hassan Reddick, a guy who was a first-round pick who kind of bounced around a couple teams before the Eagles uh, took a chance on him, and that really panned out for him because he turned out to be an all-pro player. Now, obviously, I'm not saying Marcus Davenport's about to be an all-pro player. He has to prove he can actually stay healthy uh, throughout an entire season. I know that playing time has kind of been a little bit of an issue, and that's kind of why the Saints have bailed on him so early in his career. I mean, he's only 26 years old, and he has a chance to be a beast. Um, he definitely is going to be replacing... Uh, the likes of Eric Kendricks, maybe even Zadarius Smith. Um, we still don't really know what's going on with his situation yet. He requested a release from the team, but the Vikings haven't really uh, granted that at to this point. And so we're kind of just wondering, okay, what's the situation with that? But I mean, but you already mentioned it, Byron Murphy. I mean, <laughs> the Vikings need secondary help and he definitely probably is the guy you're probably maybe going to notice the most throughout the season, just because obviously the Vikings secondary was picked apart last season. So any positive impacting player you can add is definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be noticeable. So yeah, those two guys, I'm, I'm pumped for them. How about you age? Uh, my personal one is going to be Byron Murphy. Uh, it's kind of funny just because they go from Patrick Peterson to Byron Murphy, which is exactly what the, the Cardinals did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the same. I replaced him there. And so now he's the same guy coming into Minnesota to replace Pat, uh, Pat P. So uh, tough to see Pat P go. I know we talked last week, artist. you mentioned that you felt that, you know, Pat P could still be a good contributor for the Vikings front office maybe felt different they want to get younger they want to shake things up so he's gone they needed somebody i'm fine with him um he was the top 
cornerback for the Cardinals last year. My only hesitation is that doesn't necessarily mean he was the number one cornerback because there's still a lot to be desired. But from my understanding and what I've read, um, the scheme that Brian Flores wants to run for the Vikings is going to fit very well with what Byron Murphy brings to the to the table. So he's going to probably have to work with him a little more one on one to start. Um, but that's a guy who you bring in. He, you're going to be able to trust him, I feel like, to maybe pressure receivers and play kind of in that one-on-one situation, uh, that kind of man situation. And um, I, I like it. I like it. I, Davenport is a good signing as well, but I think Byron Murphy, just because of how many times last year I was looking, I was like, God, we need, we need a new cornerback. We need like that. We need a younger cornerback that's a little more reliable. I think Byron Murphy can be that. So uh, Byron Murphy would be my, so far, biggest signing. Yeah, for me, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I would definitely have to go with Byron Murphy. That's the signing that stood out. That was the signing that had me like, hmm, okay, moving in, the, moving in the right direction. He isn't a guy that I believe is top 10 at the position or a guy that's top five somewhere in that category, but he's a serviceable corner. He's young. Uh, I kind of look at this deal, two-year deal. It's kind of like a prove-it deal for him as well because I think if he didn't get hurt this past year with, with the, the back injury that he had, because he only played nine games. I think if he didn't have to deal with injury, he might have got a bigger back. Um, So he's on a deal that's like, okay, just two years, come out here and show what you can do. Produce at a high level, like how you've shown you can do before the back injury, and you'll most likely see a bigger deal either from the Minnesota Vikings or elsewhere. But I do like the fact that the Vikings are going younger. They got a guy who's physical. Um, He's a pretty good run-stopping cornerback, uh, likes to get in the backfield. Cover skills are they can be hit or miss. They can be hit or miss depending on the matchup, depending on who he's seeing. I think he wakes up similar to other elite um, corners in the game. He kind of wakes up for certain matchups. Um, but he's the guy. He's going to make some plays. He's going to get some tackles. Um, didn't have any interceptions this past year, but I expect that to change this upcoming year. I think he'll have more opportunities to go out there and make plays. And I I, I think it was good. I, Patrick Peterson, I do. I, I don't. The entire secondary besides Harrison Smith is is pretty pretty young. And I just, I wanted to keep, I wanted to keep Pat just mm-hmm. one more year. I just yeah. wanted to keep him for one more year um, because I think he's still playing at a high level. And I heard him come out and say, oh, I want to play for a winning team. I want to go somewhere where I can win X, Y, Z. Then he went to Pittsburgh. Now, I know Pittsburgh is a team that, you know, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a a, a season with a losing record yet. But I mean, when I think of, you want to play for a winning team? I think like a perennial postseason, like Super Bowl caliber team. Now, I don't know what the market was for Pat P, but I, I didn't want to see him leave Minnesota. I just didn't want to see him leave. But again, replacing him with Byron Murphy is not bad. I think he'll come in. And he'll be serviceable. He'll be serviceable. Ho- hopefully he can stay on the field. I think that's just my biggest concern coming off of this injury. But outside of that, I think it was a pretty solid sign. And he's probably one of the best, if not the best cornerback on the market besides the cornerbacks that are going in trades. So I I like it. I like it. Yeah, him and Pat P, I think, statistically, were pretty much even. Um, I I looked up the uh, PFF's free agent overall, like, tallies or whatever, the rankings, and I think uh, Byron Murphy was only, like, one or two spots behind Patrick Peterson in terms of a ranking of their top free agents. So so they're right there. So you shouldn't really statistically lose a lot um, uh, by switching from Pat P to Byron Murphy. And um, yeah, and so my question, though, is uh, what's the next move, though, with this secondary? Because as much as I really do like this move and what I do really appreciate about the Vikings, and we mentioned this already, I mean, 
they're signing a bunch of young guys, guys in their primes. I mean, Murphy's 25. Uh, Josh Oliver, this tight end that they signed, uh, he's 25 as well. Uh, Marcus Davenport, 26. Garrett Bradbury's 27. So I like how they're targeting all these prime free agents. But um, I'm really wondering, okay, so what's the next move with this secondary? Um, is it going to be, you know, cutting more of these bloated contracts that we've already seen so far? Kind of wondering, I mean, I know we're all fans of him. Harrison Smith, we've all stated on this show that we wouldn't mind if the hitman stuck around a little bit. Maybe there could be a restructured contract there. Maybe that he doesn't make as much or something like that. I know there's several years of uh, contracts left with him. So um, I, I understand if the Vikings want to cut bait on that, but maybe that's the next move. But, um, you know, I know that Duke Shelley is still out there and he really flashed at the end of last season. He really impressed. And it was even extra fun that we poached him from the Chicago Bears, too. It was really fun to pluck him from a division rival. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, maybe what the next move, you know, even overall for this defense is because they got to replace Dalvin Tomlinson. Now guys um, out of anybody that you are losing on this defense, I think that will be the biggest loss because Dalvin Tomlinson pretty much prevented this team from being one, uh, a pretty bad run defense last season. He pretty much made that run defense pretty dang respectable in his own right. Keeping that kind of like halfway point for the Minnesota Vikings in terms of statistics with other teams in the league. He took off for Cleveland and he's going to be a big loss. So, so maybe that's something they address in the draft. But and again, like I mentioned earlier, Zadarius Smith. I mean, what what are we doing with him? Again, he, I think he I think he even like penned a goodbye to Minnesota, too. I think he posted. Did you guys see that? I think he posted something on Instagram saying, hey, uh, Minnesota, it's been great. It's been real. We had a blast for that year. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you down the road, maybe or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. Andrew DePaula, though, that's actually my favorite signing that the Vikings have done. Got to get that long snapper locked up, right? <laughs> I, I I know you're making a joke about it. I actually kind of like it. I like yeah. it because then you also extend, um, and I know it's not technically extend because it wasn't while his contract was like valid or something. I don't know. But they bring back Greg Joseph. You have to get – Ryan Longwell said this to um, – Matt Anderson in a in a in one of the another Vikings writer and in, in a text conversation, but for like the cadence and the rhythm and all that stuff, it comes with having the same stable of guys on special teams year after year, and so it only gets better. And now that you have the same guys back there once again for another year in a row with without any like we don't have hindsight here, the things could obviously change. But you'd have to imagine now that they inked these guys to. Uh, to a contract it's all gonna be set first time the vikings have had the same snapper kicker and i believe punter combo coming up for uh end of the season to the start of the season since like 2014 mm -hmm. so it's it's going to be nice to see a little and i say a little stability because i personally i still think greg joseph uh despite all the stuff that he did is not the best kicker possible he's the best one they probably could get right now just because it's it's a weird thing where it's like it is just a kicker, but it's also, you can't just go and find Johnny down the block who can, you know, kick him 60 yards. No problem. Like it's still a very talented position. So as much as people want to be like, Oh, it's a kicker, make your kicks. How hard is it? Blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a tough job. It's a lot of pressure because if you miss, if you make one out of, if you go nine for 10, everybody's still going to be like, well, you know, we we really would have liked that 10th one. So um, to have the same snapper, the same holder, the same kicker, for now, you're going to have a second season with it. I, I like that. That's only going to build the repertoire and build the 
the rhythm for them moving forward. Hopefully some momentum and we get better performances out of everybody here next season. Not that they didn't play well, but uh, you know, we, we stack on that. We build even more. I agree. I think my only complaint so far though, is even though these moves are solid moves and I don't want to discredit those moves, I do kind of look at them like, okay, what are we swinging for here though? You know what I mean? Like they're not like, Big time, like, oh, this guy's going to put you over the top. They're guys that are coming in. They're going to play well, but they're not like this team all of a sudden isn't a Super Bowl contender because of these moves. You know what I mean? So I guess I'm just looking at this like, especially with them being on like two-year deals, I'm kind of looking at it like, okay, what what's the next move going to be? Like, where is that big move going to come from? And I am looking at the Denver Broncos, man. Now, I know, listen, listen. Vikings need as much defensive help as they can get. We all know this, and we all know they need to add as much to that defense as possible. But they're looking for another receiver, and the Broncos got every receiver on the trading block. So what? I don't, again, I, I'm not a novice when it comes to the the money and all of this. I'm not, you know, I don't know how to cap and all that is going to work. I have no idea. But I am looking like, is there any way you could swing a trade for Jerry Judy Ooh. or like Courtland uh, Cortland Sutton, like? I I will be heavily, heavily looking at that, heavily looking at swinging a trade for one of those guys to pair alongside Justin Jefferson with TJ Hawkinson playing tight end. That would be dynamic. What do you guys think about that? Well, considering who they cut this past week, do you guys know he's from here? Adam Thielen? Do you guys hear about this? Great part of Minnesota. Yeah, go up there. It's great, great in the summertime. Uh, yeah, the Vikings are in need of a wide receiver, too, without a doubt. And there's nobody, I think, currently on the roster that could take that mantle right now. I know that we really wanted KJ Osborne to kind of really get going this past season. And though, though he was pretty darn good in his own right, I mean, he really didn't take that massive step I think that we were all w- were expecting at least to become a wide receiver too um so yeah it, it's definitely a position of need maybe it's something that they do in the draft um I mean what the I mean sure like it, it's it is pretty expensive to have two wide receivers like that on the roster and you're already paying a quarterback a lot of money I mean but considering the Broncos situation last year would they would they really want to get rid of weapons potentially for Russell Wilson after just how awful everything went last year i mean they just got that mike mcglinchy guy they just reinforced their offensive line so it's just like i mean yeah if they're if they're interested yeah because look the vikings cap situation i don't really know i mean there's some there's some free agents out on the market like odell odell beckham is still out on the free agent market um I really don't know what the speculation is around him. I really haven't heard his name uh, come up a ton. Um, but, I mean, I, that, that was a guy we were all kind of interested in last season. Um, it turned out he, he never even signed with anybody. So uh, his health situation obviously probably wasn't great enough where a team wanted to actually bring him in for a potential playoff run. But now he's got a whole offseason, and I'd be potentially interested in that, especially because he's I don't, I don't even know if he's 30 years old yet. He I think he's still, like, 29. Um, yeah, that would... Artist, I like that idea. I think we've I think we've even thrown out Judy's name before here on the pod. So this ain't the first time that his name has been brought up. Um, yeah, I, I would be definitely down for something like that or um, some other targets that might be out there too. I mean, the Vikings need a wide receiver too, no doubt. Odell, Odell might be a miss because at least reports, early reports are saying he wants 20 million a year. And I don't oh, know no. if anybody that's giving him no. 20 million. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> apparently hey, I, I don't know. I also want 20 million dollars a year, but 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know. Odell is asking for a good amount of money from what I understand. I doubt yeah. that he's going to get that. I think he's going to come down off of that. You know, he's had, what, now two ACL injuries just recently. Missed all of last season. So I, nobody's going to give him that. So we'll see what the number looks like when it comes down a little bit. And I'm sure he'll be patient and kind of wait to market and see what happens. Hopefully a team doesn't, like, overreach and extend for him. Because Odell will be an amazing piece to pair alongside Justin Jefferson, too. And I think he'd be a great mentor for Justin Jefferson as well. Um, but I'm just looking, again, you need you need somebody alongside Justin Jefferson that can open the field up for him a little bit more. So teams can't just literally game plan and take him out. I mean, you've, we've seen now a full season of Justin Jefferson going absolutely crazy. And we see, obviously, the defense needs to improve. But we also see that that's not enough because teams can, you know, Keying on JJ, bracket him, double cover him, and make it tough on the offense. And so I think this is something that Quazy knows. I think this is something that they know in the building. They have to get another receiver. And I just keep seeing the Denver Broncos, which is probably why their names were brought up before. I keep hearing their names brought up because they're looking to unload all these receivers. I'm just as confused as you, Jason, as to why they'd be doing that. But, heck, they're doing it. So (laughs) make the calls. I would be the first on the line, I would I would put some type of offer out there. Obviously, you know, they're not going to take the first offer that they get unless it's super nice. But, you know, I, I would at least be making those calls and seeing what they want for those players because, I mean, Jerry Judy, I think both of those players, Jerry Judy and, and, and Cortland Sutton can play at a high level, especially alongside um, Justin Jefferson. And we saw how bad um, Russell Wilson looked this past year. You know, Kirk Cousins, it's, it's crazy to say this. Kirk? It's a little better than Russell Wilson right oh, now. Without, He's without, better than without, Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, like, and so, you know, I, I can see them having better seasons with this offense, with the Minnesota Vikings, with a solid run game, um, a solid passing game, a solid tight end. I can see them having really good seasons alongside Justin Jefferson. And I think that should be one of the next moves they make. That should be one of the next moves they make. Go get your receiver, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the other reckless speculation that came up this week is uh, what to do with Dalvin Cook as well. Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN even reported that the Vikings are actually pretty darn interested in re-signing Alexander Madison and maybe finding a trade partner for Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I mean, I, I know we've been fans of Alexander Madison for several years now. I mean, look, I'm a big fantasy football player. I know that if Dalvin Cook is ever out, any given week, Alexander Madison is automatically like the hottest waiver wire pickup. And he's like an automatic top five running back. And sure, that's fantasy value. But in terms of actual statistical output, there's plenty of times where, guys, I feel like Alexander Madison can totally match Dalvin Cook. Totally. So you could potentially get younger at the position, maybe save some money. And you know what? I mean, even if you do end up keeping Dalvin Cook, I think you might actually get a decent return for him because I think there's still something Left in the tank there with Dalvin. I think those spurts of speed are still there. I think he's still got really good footwork and everything. Maybe the yards for average isn't as good as it used to be, but I still think there's something left in the tank. Maybe not like a one-day or two-day pick or something like that, but I think you could get a decent return. And can, you def- yeah, can you define decent return for me? Because I feel like when you say decent, people's minds might spring to like, oh, second-round pick and, you know, no, whatever. No, yeah. Maybe like a third, maybe fourth round if you get lucky, maybe. Okay, yeah. That's what, third? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you get lucky, a fourth round yeah. probably for sure. But like, I'm not talking like a fifth or sixth or seventh or anything like they're a collection of those. Um, But I mean, you got to be real with, you know, maybe aging running backs. Maybe you could include a player on top of that. Maybe 
maybe as well if the draft capital isn't maybe to the Vikings liking. I'm not really sure, but um, it's, again, one of several roster moves that are still coming up for this team that they need to figure out in the next couple of weeks. If Dalvin Cook is on the roster for week one, I will still root for him as a Viking and think that he will be, you know, a, a very impactful player on the team. But I wouldn't bat an eye if they trade him, do something to not have him be in purple next season. Um, I think Alexander Madison is a would be a great next in line running back for the Vikings. Um, we, we've seen him be able to run a little harder at times. Not that it's more of a finesse boomer bust type of game that Dalvin cook ran this past season. Um, and let's remember, I mean, this is a guy that hasn't played every single game in how long. So you're going to have to worry about, especially as he ages deeper and deeper in his career, you're gonna have to worry more and more about uh, about the injuries, and you're gonna have to worry about how much can he actually do in terms of if you go out there and you need him to block or something like that, and how maybe that quick first step or like that elusive sidestep juke move is how's that gonna deteriorate? We we saw it with Adam Thielen, obviously two different positions, two different styles of play, two di- completely different players, but the age the age does something, and for a running back. Is even though it's one of the more like flashy, like big impact roles on a team, it's so weird because they have like four years of, and it's usually right at the beginning where teams just are like run, 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 and then okay, you're 28, we're done with you, see you later. It's it's a very cruel world to be a running back, so I don't want to sound like I'm being mean. It's just. For the sake of the Vikings, Alexander Madison is probably more poisoned. This comes down to probably Kevin O'Connell at the end of the day, you know, in uh, Quasey's ear saying, I think we can do bet- more or, you know, X amount of better with Alexander Madison. And I, frankly, I know they're not going to get a lot. If you can get, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to even get a third round pick. You'd be lucky in my eyes to get a fourth rounder, but I would settle if you can even. <laughs> even for a fifth. Um, And I know that's just handing him away, but it's just like, think how much money they would save. Think of how much money they would save and be able to do with that extra cap space. When you have a guy who can just step right in, in my opinion. So um, I would say, explore it, keep fielding calls, uh, but don't, don't, you know, dig your heels in on, we need a third rounder or whatever. And I don't really know. No, there, I haven't seen a, a whole lot of speculation as to what the calls have been, um, regarding in, 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 in terms of like what the return would be for the Vikings. So um, we'll, we'll maybe have to touch on this later if talks heat up, but for the time now, just think about it. Just think about it. <laughs> just think about it. I am 1 million percent okay with letting him go. Dalvin Cook, that is. Because mm-hmm. Vikings have the best backup running back <laughs> in the game. <laughs> there he goes again. I always, I am, I am on that train, and I am not getting off. I know there are other great backup backs in the game. Don't get it twisted. But Alexander Madison, I would be ready to let him go. Just I understand um, Dalvin Cook. He's been here for a while. He's been an elite player. Breaking He's news! Breaking news! Breaking oh. news! Breaking news! Oh. Per Tom Pelissero. Alexander Madison has agreed to a two-year contract to remain with the Vikings per source. The deal is worth $7 million that can get up to $8 million with $6.35 million guaranteed. And there it is. Alvin Cook, 
don't let the door hit you on the way out. See you later. Thank you very much for your time here. We appreciate it. You're not a statue guy. You might be a Ring of Honor guy, but Alexander Madison is the running back of the future. Madison 2023. I'm right here. I'm right now. Yes. First off, thank you for that amazing breaking news right there. The perfect timing, too. It is it's right on point. It's, it's right on point with what I'm saying. Like, And I think Vikings fans should be excited about this. Alexander Madison, if given the opportunity, can easily be a thousand a, a, a thousand yard back. Easily. Easily be a thousand yard back. Um, his his level of production, his skill with the football, his footwork, the way he's able to hit the hole. Um, he runs with a lot of power, a lot of strength behind him. He's a, he's a smart runner. He's he's the guy. He is the guy. He should have been thrusted in this position a while ago. I've been saying this, I've been on this train. Y'all know I've been on this train for a while. Alexander Madison is a problem. And I think that the Vikings ultimately will get better from this. I really do. They're getting younger at the position. I think they'll be just as productive, if not even more productive. They're getting a guy that I don't believe is as injury prone as Dalvin Cook. And you'll get something back. Whatever you get back for for Dalvin Cook at this point, take it. Take it. Just take it. Don't get you, we, we know who you, we know who you, the running back is of the future now. Take take what you can get in and, and move forward. But the Vikings are going Younger, they're getting younger at just about every position, and I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing. Feed this, Madison. This is so cool. Has news like this ever broke on the taxi squad like this before? No, that, I mean, this how so how cool. incredible is that? We were talking about it, it and then that's amazing. That's so cool. Oh my that God, was amazing. amazing. Yeah, I might have to make a video of that later on. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um. So now, I mean, if we're gonna totally. Like kind of pivot the conversation here. Um, I wonder, yeah, and what does this now do to Dalvin Cook's trade value now that you know, now that teams know, okay, yeah, the Vikings have this other running back locked up. Okay, now we're not going to maybe give you as much for Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, uh, really, uh, we'll see what happens in the, the next coming days, if not even later tonight. Who really knows what happens next? But, I mean, this has happened. This is live, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sometimes it just <laughs> literally perfect timing. I've, that, that's so crazy. That's so much fun. Uh, you never know what happens on Taxi Squad, everybody. You got to gotta join amazing. the ride sometimes and just uh, <laughs> enjoy it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and AJ just tweeted at us too. So we're that's doing that's incredible. All in the moment, that's man. We're incredible. doing this all in the moment. Oh my god. Anyways. Oh yeah. So oh, now, now what do we talk about? I don't even know. I'm rattled after all. All right, that's let's discuss beautiful. what the legacy is gonna be like for Dalvin Cook as a <laughs> um top five Viking running back of all time, without a doubt. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. That's incredible. Know, Anyways, this level, I don't know. So yeah, that's incredible. Um, I did want to touch on this Kirk restructure that yeah. happened a little bit where they kind of pushed, uh, pushed a little money into a signing bonus. So Kirk, I guess, is still getting all of his his money that he's guaranteed. It's just, you know, it's Rob Brzezinski. It's, it's just moved around capology kind of thing. I don't know. But frankly, guys, I got to be honest with you. And I know a lot of other people are saying this, too. I think this is just kind of another indication that the Minnesota Vikings are totally fine with just letting the season play out with Kirk Cousins and not really consider too much of him being the the future quarterback of the team. Now that doesn't mean that Kirk couldn't come back with the Vikings. That's that's not what I'm necessarily saying, but um I think this is just another like I said, I mean, I think the team just needs to wait and see and wants to wait and see with what happens with Kirk maybe this next season. What do you guys think? It's he seems so far out of nowhere that just like just so randomly they're like, Yeah, by the way, we can take all this money 
and just you're getting paid the same, but we're we're gonna benefit from how we restructure this. So easy, snap of a finger. Why is this not the original structure for the deal? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand because then there's so less there's so much less discourse for. Also, it's weird that they can just do that, but there's so much less uh, so much less discourse on like, oh, Kirk's cap hit and all this blah blah blah. How God, he's handicapping the team and all that stuff. This benefits so much. <laughs> The, the, yeah. the, the Vikings just open so, like millions of dollars of cap space just by flipping a switch yeah. by flipping. They said, hey, you're just going to get this up front and then we're all fine. Um, and I'm sure just the fact that he's still getting all the money he was told he was going to get is why it was so easy to do this. But um, I would have liked to know how about they how about he loses out on two million dollars to just two million dollars. Just just two million dollars. <laughs> Um, would he still have done that? You know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I, in terms of Kirk, I, I'm very prepared for them to just, you know, go one more season. And then, uh, I was actually speaking yesterday to, uh, my talks, very own Grant West Wengstern. And we were just kind of reckless, reckless speculation, the whole timeline of they're ready to go Kirk one more season and then Aaron Rodgers is going to make the jump from the Jets to the Vikings, and he's going to be a mentor for a season to whoever, whatever quarterback the Vikings draft next year in the draft for or, you know something like that. Uh, we just went down the full rabbit hole of something that's never ever going to abs- uh, actually materialize. But uh, it was fun. It was fun in terms of Kirk. I think one more year they don't. If they, if there was a chance to extend him, I think it already would have happened. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see the direction that the team is moving in. They're getting younger. They're getting younger at every, literally, seems like at every position. And I think that's the smartest way to go. You know the quarterback is coming next. It's the most important position that you could get younger at. And so you know that's coming. And I think most of us are looking forward to that. Um, I saw some people comment on our last um, show, on our last video on Facebook, and like calling me out. And like, these young quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, they get hurt easily. And I had a whole debate with this guy who's just like so afraid, so afraid to move on from Kirk Cousins. And it's like, dude, we've seen the same thing almost every single year. You cannot look at past experiences with the Vikings where they had Christian Ponder and all these other quarterbacks that wasn't able to get it done and let that scare you into not moving away from a quarterback that is not getting it done at the highest level. Like at some point you got to take that chance. You got to, you got to do it. Like you got to, the goal is always to win a Super Bowl. It's always to make playoff runs and you got to continue to take those chances until you accomplish that goal. No matter how many times you fail, you got to do it. Now, as far as the restructure is concerned, I do agree with you, AJ. It's kind of weird. I've always wondered how they can just go back and just restructure contracts. So we just restructure this and free up $20 million. Like, why didn't you do that before? Like that makes no since I, I don't I don't really know what goes into that again. I but I, again I am not I don't have it up top when it comes to the cap and all that. I, I, I just you know it's just it feels like a headache. That's why I'm not an NFL GM, you know. But I am kind of happy that they they're able to do that because they did free up cap space and hopefully they're they're able to do enough with it. Um, but I'm ready for Kirk to be gone, man. I'm I'm ready for <laughs> the Vikings to move in the next the new the new direction. And I think they are too as an organization. I think they are ready for that and they're just you know, and that kind of explains my earlier point when I talked about some of the, some of the moves that are being made. They're not like Super Bowl winning, we're going for it type of moves. They're just like, "Okay, we're going to stay competitive kind of moves." Because I don't know, does Kirk kind of handicap you a little bit? 
because a lot of teams that have the Patrick Mahomes, the the Josh Allens, the Jalen Hurts, the Justin Herberts, they go all in. They go all in. You know, some of these guys obviously are on rookie contracts still, so that makes a big difference. But even with the with some veteran guys, first off, they take a lot of team friendly deals that help you out. But secondly, like even without it, sometimes they still try to go all in, and you don't really see that. At least not right now with the Vikings. These moves are good, but they're not like over the top. But I guarantee you the moment that Kwesi feels confident in a quarterback that he thinks can get the Vikings to a Super Bowl, you're going to see some big time moves. Back to your point about the mobile quarterback versus like Kirk. I would be a terrible NFL GM because my mind goes to what's more fun to play with in video games. Like what would <laughs> yeah. I want? Like who do I want to control? Oh, like a snail, no who, fort, a man. snail who can just throw dots, which Kirk does. Kirk hits windows very well. Or the guy that like as soon as I miss a read and the pressure starts hitting me, I can just run. I can just scramble. Give me that guy, and that's just because I want the entertainment factor. Um, but that's that's you know neither here nor there. Yeah, and and I think like like you said, artist. Yeah, these these moves are good contingency moves for some of the players you're losing. And I mean, frankly, I mean anybody you bring in uh, to improve this defense is gonna improve this defense because it can't get much worse than it is last year. I, I think this is all setting up for 2024. Have as much cap space as possible. Clear Kirk's contract off the books. You're going to be paying JJ's contract that year as well. So you need as much as possible just for him because he will be the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. There's no doubt about that. So um, even, even like Garrett Bradbury's deal, that's technically a three-year deal, but he can be cut after next year. And I don't think the dead money will be that too uh, drastic for the Minnesota Vikings. So e- even though that's a three-year deal, there's still like a, there's still like a, f- a safety valve or something like that, just in case, you know, you know, cause like, obviously like Bradbury's had this one good year, but he didn't, he had some iffy years before that. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're still like com- making moves to compete for this year. They're not as flashy as maybe some other bigger moves that happen, but they're, they're cap strapped. Part of that is their quarterback situation, but you get that contract off the books and you pay JJ look out in 2024 because the Vikings should have a lot of money based off that the moves that they've done. Kwesi getting younger, harder, better, faster, stronger. All that kind of stuff is going on right now uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and it's exciting. So, um, yeah, we'll see what other moves happen, guys. I mean, obviously, we still need to see what Zadarius Smith, like we mentioned, Harrison Smith. There's other moves to be made. So we will definitely have a lot of uh, stuff to talk about next week on Taxi Squad, too. And there'll probably be more breaking news. You'll never know what will happen. You never know. Again, Alexander Madison uh, signing, re-signing with the Minnesota Vikings as we're recording the podcast. The timing uh, literally can't be better than that. Uh, we are kind of on the clock right now because we got to do an NBA game on 1500 ESPN. So we only got about like maybe 10 minutes left or so right now. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some Timberwolves conversation. I really don't have much to say because they only have played two games. They lost to the Nets and they uh, beat the Atlanta Hawks. Um the biggest thing that's stuck in my craw this week is the team announced yesterday that Carl Anthony Towns is once again several weeks uh, potentially away from making a return to the court. They made this big, long statement. They made a similar one a couple of weeks ago when we thought that he was maybe coming back again. But this injury continues to be a bit of a mystery. I know these calves are tough, and I think a lot of NBA players might be a little bit gun shy about what happened to Kevin Durant a couple years ago uh, because he had a calf injury and he went back into the game and then he tore his Achilles and um, it just it wasn't a good situation. So I understand maybe uh, what cat situation, what, where he's coming from. But still, this 
this just adds more questions about just where he is and what his status is and when he can come back and if he can actually make a difference this season at this point we have to question that right yeah, the headline literally reads that Carl Anthony Towns is likely to come back in the coming weeks. What does that mean? <laughs> like, we're inching towards the playoffs. Like, we're inching towards the playoffs. We have no idea. In the coming weeks could be, like, two weeks from now. That could be five weeks from now. Like, we don't really – we just know that he's coming back at some point in the coming weeks. Like, that's really all I got from that, and it's frustrating because, again, we can't really see the potential of this team – fully post-trade until he's back in the lineup. We, we just can't see it. Um, they did go out there and lose to the Nets. <laughs> what happened? Exactly what I said not to allow happen. <laughs> Mikael Bridges went out there and had a field day. Now, it was a close game, though. It, it was a pretty good game. They went out there. They competed hard. It was a, a game that was a, uh, decided in overtime. But I guess I got to just put more respect on Mikael Bridges and, and the Nets, man. Like, they, they're playing really good basketball, so... You know, when you watch that game, you see how it went down to the wire. You're not too mad at it. But then they bounced back and had a big win the following night um, or the following game the T-Wolves did. So they won and one since the last time we recorded. Um, and they're sitting, I believe, what, seventh right now? Seventh in the conference. So handled the Hawks, lost to the, to the Nets. And that's kind of where we stand. It's kind of just, hey, Mike Conley had another big game, Jason. He had another, had another you know, good showing. Mike Conley has 20 points, and that's the that's like the best thing a Timberwolves player can do, right? <laughs> so whenever Mike Conley can even match in any capacity, even once, D'Angelo score, D'Angelo Russell scoring output, that just makes me a happy camper. I love it. So yeah, and, and good shooting numbers too is good. It's good. I mean, they had six six players in double figures in that game against the Hawks that they won. Mm -hmm. Six yeah. players. If you can get that type of output, you put up 136 points, you're gonna win those games. You're you're gonna win those games because the Timberwolves defense is good enough to hold teams under 136 points. And so and the Hawks have just been so up and down this year. So those are two games I felt like they should have won. But you know, they dropped one and it kind of is what it is. But you know, hey, you, you kind of you it's give and take at this point. It, it's give and take with the Timberwolves. Yeah, and I, I guess I can stomach the Brooklyn loss because again, Bridges is just playing out of his mind. He's definitely like he definitely wants to prove that yeah, you traded me, and I'm gonna let you know that you guys just traded me or whatever. And but again, that Hawks game though, I felt like was the classic trap game, not necessarily a trap game, but just like a classic Timberwolves game where it's just like, all right, maybe they're gonna play down to their opponent again because we've seen that so many times this season. That was not the case. Actually, like I was pretty surprised. Yeah, 136-115 victory. They absolutely stomped Atlanta. It was on the road too. So that makes me pretty encouraged. It's like, all right, let's take care of business. Now they're playing the Celtics tonight, and they're only down one point at halftime. So they're they're keeping good company with them tonight. But then after that, it's Chicago and Toronto. Let's keep taking care of business against those teams. They're under 500. Chicago's probably not going to make the playoffs. Toronto's right there on the bubble in the play-in right there. And so, and then after that, they got the Knicks on the road. That'll be a tough matchup. And actually, then after that, they play Atlanta again. Um, the schedule gets harder after that. You've got a California road trip that's going to be absolutely daunting. Timberwolves, now is the time to take care of business. You're not going to win all of these games. I'm not asking you to. But you need to take care of these types of not like 500 to just barely below 500, if not significantly below 500 opponents, because we've got 
barely even I can't believe we're already at this point. We've got barely even 10 games left of the season. I can't believe that we're already like halfway through March. It's March madness. Fill out your brackets. Don't do it. Uh, Tonight's the deadline. Tomorrow's the deadline either way. Um, So yeah, it's time to take care of business. If you lose the Celtics tonight, NBD, not going to be too worried about that, but that, that is my message, especially because now you can't, you can't rely on cat coming back at this point. I just, you, you just can't this vague media release by the team. It's just, if I, if I was in the attitude, if I was in that locker room, I'd just be like, all right, we just got to go out there and just keep doing our business the way we've been doing it without cat this whole time. And if he comes back, it'll be, it'll be a luxury. So um, yeah, well, hopefully the Wolves will uh, play good this week. And uh, like I said, take care of a little bit of business. We do have to keep things moving a little bit. We move on to the wild. Unfortunately, the injury conversation uh, continues. Um, Elf in the room, unfortunately, Kirill Kaprizov out for uh, three to four weeks. Um, now the wild have, you know, they, they responded okay this past week getting a win in San Jose, but then ultimately losing in overtime in Arizona. Unfortunately, my cousin was at that game and that was heartbreaking for him to watch in person, but he said he had a really good time. So that was cool. Um, but ugh, it's just, I, I, I've never been more, defl- I, I've never felt more deflated as a wild fan really in a season in several years, AJ, when I got that news, it just, it really ripped my heart out. It really did. And as a as a bigger hockey fan than me, I can't even imagine what it was like for you. Literally, yeah, no. not to not not to cut you off, AJ, but really quick. Yeah, I saw, I saw the news on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> first page I went on was AJ's, and the first yeah. video I see is <laughs> I forget what I forget what TV show it's from. Oh, is but it the, like the video of uh, the video of, of the guy like, no, it should have been me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah this no, can't be good. This cannot be good. Yeah, uh, no, that, that clip from Yu-Yo is so good. But he's just like, why should have been me? It's not fair. I would give my leg if it meant that if, <laughs> it, it, I would take that pain so, so quickly if it meant that he's back earlier but um they're just such a different team without him um they definitely they desperately need Jonas Brodeen back because they've been missing his sound defensive play on the backside and without Kirill you're a defensive team only like like he is your offense so to not have one of your best defensive defensemen healthy and in the lineup has been uh tough they you know they they get a win that was a very ugly win on saturday night against the sharks they lose in overtime against the lowly coyotes who oh my god that game was so frustrating what a stupid game what a stupid game that was they're very playing on a, they're playing the on a game, college yeah. campus in front of 5000 people in mullet arena that's right mullet arena named after a hairstyle of all things um a team that wants the first overall pick they're throwing out like minor league goaltenders on a nightly basis to lose and the players are like not so fast not so fast and then they're like gooning it up too just totally throwing elbows and like there were four fights in that game it was wild just a, not no pun intended it was it was a crazy game a stupid game that they needed two points in but didn't get so uh they're back tonight the Thank goodness on TNT. So puck drop is going to not be 830. It's gonna be like 850. Um, but I love that and I know you hate it. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a Sorry, time. Man. But uh but no, they they're gonna have they're they're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna be okay. Like they're gonna they're gonna they should beat teams that are bad, but they're I'm nervous about when they play an actual like decent team because they based on the weekend don't have any 
like sense of how to actually run an offense. Power play was meh. Um, and there's uh, people trying to do more than they actually, the, their capabilities are. So I'm, I'm nervous moving forward, but when he's eventually back, um, I will be very, very happy. Yeah. And hopefully we can get him back before the playoffs. That would be ideal. Get him a little, yeah. hopefully he can shake off some rust, get a couple more regular season games and if possible, but if we can just get him back, I mean, if we can get him back for the first round, for sure. At this case, that that that's best case scenario. Yeah. Really, really quick before we get to closing thoughts here, mm-hmm. it's the, my nervous thing is what he comes back at. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll like. Will he come back at one hundred percent? Who knows? And if he yeah, if okay. he doesn't come back at like at least eighty percent, ninety percent, you're screwed. So, yeah. um, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I'm I'm guessing we should probably wrap things up here so we can get back to uh, fifteen hundred <laughs> AM's normal programming. Woo! Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Before we wrap things up, really, really quick before I let you two say something, I just thought of this while you guys were talking wolves. Um, Zeke got released by the Cowboys today for nothing. So with that, and I need to go back on my statement here, the Vikings, they should try to get a seventh or six rounder at best. <laughs> if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't get you anything, why yeah. would Dalvin Cook get you anything? You know, like you're not going to get a four, you're not going to get a third or fourth or fifth rounder. A sixth at this point would seem generous from any team. So we'll have to wait and see there. But that was just something I thought of while you guys were talking uh, basketball. Yep. And uh, my last thoughts are, uh, Rest in peace, Bud Grant, um, literally on top of the Mount Rushmore of pretty much the entire Minnesota Vikings franchise, the greatest coach in their history, one of the greatest coaches in all NFL history. And he truly embodied the entire franchise for several, several decades, even for, you know, uh, uh, people of our generation. You know, we got to know got to know him through his garage sales and stuff like that. So it's been really cool to hear all the anecdotes and stuff, not only from just people here at Score North like Royce, but even all across the Twin Cities. So. Uh, yeah, just a, a true Minnesota icon, not just in sports, but it, uh, truly across the state. So rest in peace, Bud Grant. My final thoughts are Minnesota Vikings, Quazy, call the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Give them a call. Yeah. Send in a couple of offers and get you a legit receiver too. And we'll see what happens in, in this upcoming football season. All right. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, oh, I forgot I started. I guess I got to wrap it up, fellas. Well, <laughs> thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Taxi Squad. Make sure you give us a five-star rating or on whichever podcasting streaming uh, uh, platform you're listening to this on. For the for now, for the time being, we are signing off. Unfortunately, it's been fun. Artist Woods, AJ Fredrickson, and Jason Stormer, we will see you next time on the next episode of Taxi Squad.